All right, all right, we're back. This is Byron Howell and the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I know this is going to bless you. Last time we were together, we started talking about living by faith. Now, if you haven't read that blog post or listened to that first podcast on living by faith part one, I really encourage you to to check it out. We'll go over some of the basics again here, but I really want you to to go and check that out. Make sure you have a firm foundation because I tell you what, there are few things that can impact your life the way that that faith can, the way that truly understanding how Jesus operated by faith and how we in the kingdom of God are supposed to operate by faith, this is going to fundamentally and radically change your life. You know, I've talked in this podcast about the kingdom of God, about all that God wants for us in the kingdom, about our place in the kingdom, and faith. Faith is the key ingredient, I mean, just one of the master keys to to doing all that God wants us to do in our lives. As one man said, faith is the holder of your destiny. And that's a strong statement. And if you haven't been thinking about faith really correctly in, in all of its applications, then, then the idea that faith is the holder of your destiny may seem uh, crazy, foreign, difficult to understand. But it is the truth. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Faith is how we see God's will manifested in every area of our life. It's a guaranteed system. And so we're going to continue talking about this. This is Live by Faith Part 2. And and let's keep going. You know, last time we, we mentioned that the Bible says four times that God's people are to live by faith. And what does that mean? At its core, living by faith means obtaining your eternal life, the kind of life that comes into you when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is also the life that will remain in you for eternity. Live by faith means obtaining that eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. When you become a Christian, that life of God, that eternal life comes into you and it will persist for eternity. But living by faith also means allowing your Christian faith to guide every aspect of your life. You know, what did Jesus teach us? How did Jesus teach us to live? How did Jesus teach us to act? What does the Bible tell us about every aspect of our daily life? How can we allow this faith in Jesus Christ that has given us eternal life to now pervade and influence every aspect of our daily life? So living by faith has a very daily application as well where we allow our faith to influence and inform and guide every aspect of our life. But we can't stop there because there's another level. Many many people don't even understand this level because they haven't been taught. But that's all right. That's what I, that's what I want to do. I want to help you because this will bless you. To experience the final dimension of living by faith, we must truly understand faith. We must truly understand what what the power and the mechanics of faith. And when we understand that, how Jesus operated by faith, how he taught us, really commanded us to operate by faith, when we start to understand that, you know, faith is going to take on a totally different and a, and a wonderful meaning for us in our lives because faith is the force to bring God's will into manifestation in your life. In my last podcast, I explained that faith in the Bible is not the same as the words belief and faith today. 
where we say, oh, I believe something might be true, or I believe in this, I believe in that. You know, those ideas do do carry with them a certain degree of certainty, but not to the level that the Bible is talking about. And when Jesus talked about faith, he was talking about a Greek word, pistis. And pistis, again, comes from the verb to convince. And so when we have faith, like Jesus tells us to have faith, we have Pistis, and that is complete conviction. We are completely convinced. We are fully persuaded. We know that we know that we know. That is faith according to a biblical standard. And the word Jesus uses for belief and believe, belief is the same word as faith in the Greek, and believe is pisteo, which means to have pistis or to have faith. All of this, when Jesus is saying, you know, if you believe or according to your faith, these statements where Jesus just completely links a person's belief or a person's faith to what they receive from God, he's talking about uh, pistis. He's talking about your conviction, what you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, where you're persuaded, where you're convinced. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about what you might think. He's not talking about what you might hope. He's not even talking about what you believe according to the modern English definition of belief. He's talking about what you know. And when you start studying this out in the Bible, it just gets more and more fascinating and, and really I just, just fired me up about it. And that's one of the things that inspired me to do this series of podcasts. But so if you believe according to the Bible's definition of belief, this is one of the keys. You know that you know something is true regardless of whatever else may, may disagree. Maybe there are people that would argue with you. Maybe there are circumstances in the natural realm that would argue with you, but you are, disregard all of those in favor of the Word of God and in favor of what you believe. This is how faith works. This is the type of conviction required to be in faith as Jesus talks about faith. So Hebrews 11.1, 1. this is from the Amplified Translation. This is kind of a key verse we looked at last time. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. What a, what a verse. I mean, truly describing the essence of biblical faith, of pistis, that, that when we are in pistis, when we are in faith, we have conviction of the reality of what we're believing for, conviction of the reality of what we believe. I'm convinced, I, 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 my faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I am convinced that Jesus Christ is alive on the throne in heaven today. I am convinced that my name is my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and I will spend eternity in paradise with God. I am convinced that that all of God's promises are yes and amen to me. There might not be anything in the natural realm that can support these things, but I have faith. I know that they are true, even though there's nothing in the natural realm. 
And you see, this is how we get salvation. This is salvation faith. This, this conviction that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the truth, even in spite of all the physical evidence to the contrary that the world might throw at us. And this same faith operation that gets us saved is how we are to receive everything else from God. You know, most people go through life and some experience success in some areas, not so much success in other areas. A lot of us, and myself included, I've absolutely been, you know, sort of like a pinball where I go through life and, you know, some good events produce good things in my life. Some negative events produce negative things in my life. And I'm not necessarily the one, you know, I'm not personally the driving force behind my life. And yes, believe me, I'm not taking away God's presence in my life at all. But God is not the great puppet master that thing that, that, that we have made him out to be. Rather, God empowers us. He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit. He gives us knowledge and wisdom. And he empowers us to go through life dominating and expanding the kingdom of God. And faith is one of the master keys to that. And so what we need to do is we need to use this faith system to obtain from God, to obtain from the heavenly realm all that God wants for us. When we are in faith, we have possession now, regardless of what the natural world would say, regardless of what our uh, senses might perceive. You know, and, and this is not the way humans naturally operate. This is not the scientific method. This is not, you know, I can produce it over and over and over again with the exact same results in the physical realm. This is not based on sense knowledge. It, you know, the world's knowledge system is based on physical evidence. But, you know, this faith system doesn't make any sense to that. This faith system sounds crazy. Even some of you who may have been with me long enough to listen to everything I've said over the last podcast and so far this one, you might still be thinking this is crazy. But see, we have to renovate our minds. We remember the verse in Isaiah where it says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. People stop reading there. But the verse goes on. You've got to keep reading. It says, but as the the rain and the snow are higher, they come from heaven, they fall to the earth. So is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. Here is the point. Yes, God's ways are higher than ours. Yes, God thought, God's thoughts are higher than ours. But it doesn't stay that way. He sent his word from heaven to help us understand his ways and his thoughts so that we can begin operating as we were always intended to operate, like God, operating according to the ways, the heart, the systems of God. And so that is one of the most powerful aspects of the Word of God. So we have to understand God does things differently. If you want uh, to see financial increase, you have to become a giver. It's not about saving and hoarding. That's not the way biblical economics work. It's about sowing and reaping. It's about giving and receiving. And that's just an example of the way that the, that God works different. And this faith system is different. You have to open your mind to the ways that God works that are different from the ways that this natural realm works and this faith requires that you change the way you think, that you change the way you operate, that you start believing in a lot more 
to the biblical standard of belief, conviction, persuasion, convinced that you believe in these things regardless of any sense, sensory level knowledge of those things. So look, let's look at a couple of verses here and we're going to learn a little bit more about faith. And again, what I'm so excited about is so many of the verses we're going to look at in this study are, are from Jesus. Jesus personally teaching us faith, showing us faith, demonstrating faith. Why Why does he go through these great lengths? Because we're supposed to operate the same way. What a wonderful reality. This is Matthew 21, 18 through 22. We're going to look at the story of the fig tree in both Matthew and Mark. A couple of the details are a little different uh, between the Mark's account and Matthew's account, uh, but doesn't really matter, right? So in the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Now, this is a powerful passage and I chose it because it illustrates a number of important concepts in just a few verses. You have probably read this before, but now we are reading it again with two things in mind. First, we know that we must learn to live by faith. So now every time that Jesus talks about faith and that you come across in your study time or in church time or wherever you hear it, your ears should perk up. Whoa, I'm supposed to live by faith. This is some seriously important guiding light teaching for my life. Faith. So now I look at this story and Jesus is telling me how to live. Live by faith. This is how you do it. Second, now... I know that true biblical faith is pistis, is conviction, persuasion. So when I hear these words, faith, I know now we're talking about something really important. And I also know that I'm talking about being completely persuaded in something. Just quickly look at these two statements from Jesus. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. Wow. Wow. Also, he says, and I quote, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. These are direct statements from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the New Living Translation. This is not my own personal translation. If Jesus walked into wherever you are right now and said those statements to you, that if you have faith, you can do things like... with." Uh, the fig tree, that you could move mountains. If Jesus walked into you right now and said, hey, hey, whatever your name is, if you pray for anything and have faith and don't doubt, you will receive, right? What would you do? How important would faith become in your life if Jesus spoke them directly to you? Well, he has through his word, through his word that he knew would be passed down through centuries and generations to you. And he's still telling us, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can move mountains. If you have faith, 
you will receive anything you pray for. Think of the possibilities. If you can speak to a mountain and see it move, where would you start using faith in your life? Where are the mountains in your life, in your physical body, in your home, in your business? God has given us power to move mountains. It's in our mouth. God has given us power to pray and see things manifested, to change our life for the better, to change this world for the better. We need to start speaking and praying in faith like never before. Again, think of the possibilities. You can pray for anything. I mean, just take a moment. What are the first things that come to your mind? I mean, you know, I, I have two kids, two daughters, and, you know, we have a good relationship. I, I really do. But, man, the first thing that comes to my mind is how could I take that relationship to the next level? God, God, help me bond with my children better. God, help me to have a better relationship with my kids better. Help us to enjoy quality time. Help me to put the, the phone down or the work emails down when I'm with my kids. Help me to do those things. God, I pray that by your spirit you would bond us together. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. But see, now I'm not just going to hope that it happens. I'm convinced that it's already happened. I'm convinced that it's happened right now. And even as I pray that right now, that was a serious prayer. I'm going to regard when my kids walk in from school later today, I'm going to regard that our relationship is on a whole nother level because that's me operating in pistis that I believed I received. But whatever the case may be, you know, maybe you don't have kids or maybe that's not the first thing that comes to your mind. Maybe it's work, whatever it happens to be, you know, and let me just say, look, and I'm not going to go too far down this road. Yes, you. God wants you to have nice things in this life. God wants us to have nice house, nice car, nice things, the good things. The Bible talks about in Isaiah that we would ride on the high places of the earth. That is absolutely what God wants for you. But, but don't go there, all right? Don't start immediately thinking about how to get stuff, all right? How, how to operate... Uh, to obtain your material needs. We'll talk about that. We'll get there, but don't, don't do that yet. All right. Let's just stay, stay with me. Let's think basics and possibilities. That's where we want to focus right now. Understanding the basics and allowing our mind to slowly begin opening to the possibilities here. Look, the key is that we need to believe what Jesus said. Right. We need to believe that that if we pray in faith, that that we will have what we pray for, that if we make these declarations, we will see these things come to path. And we need to use this faith component. Jesus tells us that faith or pistis being completely convinced is a necessary ingredient. You haven't seen it in the natural, but you are convinced that it's done. Then it shows up. That's, I hate to say it this way, that's the crazy part. What would your life look like if you started operating this way? If you started praying, you know, all the time in faith, making declarations, commanding mountains in your life to go, you know, the mountain of a of a problematic situation at work, the mountain of a problematic situ- situation in your home life, whatever it is, you command these mountains to go and they will obey you. You see... This does work, right? This does work. 
And you have to trust Jesus and the trust and trust the word of God and say, okay, all right, tell you what, I haven't operated this way, but I'm going to start. So let's keep going. Look, let's now look at this time from the book of Mark. This is the same story in the book of Mark. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I read the wrong part. Hold on, I'm going to take a quick break. Okay, we're back. This is the story of the fig tree from Mark rather than Matthew. So now this is Mark 11, verse 21. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Let me start by looking at Jesus' words. Have faith in God. All right. That is not a great translation from the Greek because the word in is not there. That there is a very specific word for in in Greek and it's not there. Literally what this is saying is have God's faith or have God's pistis. Jesus is teaching us how God operates. Jesus is teaching us how he operates. And this is a major reason we need to understand faith on this level. He wants us to use faith. He's teaching us how to use this faith. We see here in Mark the same ideas as those in Matthew, the idea of speaking to the mountain, the ideas of praying and receiving. But but notice the words from Jesus. If you speak to the mountain, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. That's a strong statement. And the word for believe here is pisteo, again, meaning to have pistis, to have faith. You must be convinced. You must be convinced that it's done and it's going to come to pass. I heard Pastor Greg Moore, awesome pastor in Colorado, he said it like this. Our words are law in the spirit realm. Now, that's a loaded statement, but it's very powerful. Our, Jesus is telling us that our words, when we speak them in faith, they are law. They go into the realm, the unseen realm. They go in there and if we have faith, even to the point of moving a mountain, what we say is going to come to pass. That's the power of faith-filled words. Faith-filled words are how God created the universe. Light, be. Animals, be. Sun, moon, stars, be. And they became. That's exactly how God operates, and that's how we're supposed to operate in our lives as well. Again, the key ingredient being faith. And Jesus also said, quote, You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. 
you must be convinced. We'll talk about ways to increase your level of conviction, how to stay convinced, how to how to get into that place where you're really convinced. But again, we're just learning the basics right now. Look at this other quote. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Church, when are we going to begin operating this way? I'm going to start operating this way. Doesn't this get you excited? Maybe not. You know, look, there are probably some of you who are thinking, I've heard this before. I've been down this road before. And, you know, if you're not getting excited about this right now, or if you're not in full agreement right with this right now and you've heard it before, it's probably because, you know, you either don't believe it will work or you have seen it, you know, supposedly seen it not work in your life. You know, you either know someone, maybe it didn't work for them. Maybe they started telling you all this stuff that they were going to get. None of it showed up or whatever. You know, we've all had prayer failures. We've all had faith failures. Let's not get down about it. Let's not get upset. We Let's all agree, as, as most of us do, that the Bible is truth. And so if this mechanism of faith that Jesus teaches us about didn't work in our lives... It's not because God failed. It's not because the system doesn't work. It's because I didn't work the system. It's because something short-circuited my life. You know, just obviously, you know, there's there's the potential for the presence of doubt and unbelief in our lives. Those those will short-circuit our lives. Those will short-circuit our faith. But so those of us who have prayed, right, prayed and not seen what we've prayed for. You know, the first question is, you know, was I really in faith? Was I really in pistis? Was I convinced? Was I fully persuaded? And, you know, the answer was no. There's no alternative. And, you know, I don't mean to sound harsh, but the reason I know, and and and, and let me just say that I've been in this boat personally many times where I've prayed, but I wasn't really in faith. And therefore, and I didn't see it come to pass. I didn't get what I was praying for. And the reason I know that it was my failure, that I wasn't in faith, is because God's word is true. Absolutely true. And when Jesus teaches, these, teaches us about faith, his words are absolutely true. So if there was a failure, it was on my part. And I take full responsibility and I repent for, before God for not operating the faith system correctly. But that's going to change. And in my life, I'm going to start seeing faith produce in every area of my life. You know, we're going to talk about how to get rid of doubt, how to get rid of unbelief. We've got to start thinking on another level, being convinced, being persuaded and not allowing what if it doesn't work? Or, you know, I'm not so sure that the Bible really says that. Or I'm not really sure that that's exactly what Jesus meant. We have to let those thoughts out of our mind. We have to banish them from our mind. We're learning the basics. All right. We are learning how to begin operating like God and seeing God's will come to pass in our life. I don't want to digress. You can demand anything. You can pray for anything. You must have faith that it's done. You don't doubt and you will see it come in. These are the basic mechanics of faith. This is the power to change your life. 
This is also the power for the church, for the kingdom of God to start changing the world and seeing God's will manifested in every area of reality. I'm going to start operating like this more and more. Look, I want to focus heavily on one part of that last verse from Mark. Jesus said, and I quote, If you believe that you received it, it will be yours. And and I'm going to just tell you, my analysis of the Greek absolutely supports that that trend translation or that rendering into the New Living Translation. If you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. It's difficult because our minds don't work this way. But when you pray, faith is believing you received it before it shows up. You believe that it's done, then it appears. Not hoping. I know I'm being redundant, but this is such a radical concept. I'm not hoping it's going to happen. I mean, let me let me back up and restate that. Yes, I hope that it's going to happen according to the biblical definition of hope, which is a positive imagination and a, a, a completely confident expectation. That's the biblical definition of hope. Hope is, you know, in the English is more like, a, you know, I, I really want it to happen, right? But, but no, hope in the Greek is much, much stronger. So yes, I hope it's going to come to pass. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. But, but in terms of whether it's actually done or not, I believe that I received it. I know that it's done. Why? Because Jesus told me this is how it works. This is how Jesus operated. We look at Jesus' life and ministry and see him doing amazing things, one after another, demonstrating you know, a complete dominion over the natural realm, a complete dominion over the dominion of darkness, complete and total authority over so many things. He's operating in faith. He's making de- declarations. He's praying to God. And this is we, how we see him operating. And he's teaching us to operate on his level. Look, I want to just give you one story. And let me just mention, I'm sorry that, you know, uh, on the stories that, I co- that come to my mind aren't necessarily, you know, me changing the world for Jesus. Those stories are going to come, by the way, especially now that I'm seeing this more clearly than I ever have before. But I do have some faith stories and I've been operating in faith for, you know, the better part of 13 years or so. And I've seen a lot of amazing miracles come to pass in my life. But here's a here's a simple one, you know. So I'm a lawyer and I represent people that buy apartment buildings around the country. And um, so, you know, in the early days, you know, some years ago, you know, candidly, money was a lot tighter than it is today. And and I I needed every penny, you know, I needed the money. So the deals close, you know, my clients would buy an apartment building and then I get paid from the closing. So at this particular time, I had a deal that was supposed to close on Wednesday. It was Monday and I needed the money. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, I was very anxious to get that money and I was excited to have this, this closing. And so, uh, now this is, you know, I don't know, seven, seven million dollar deal, something like that. So my client calls me two days before the closing and he says, Hey, look, you know, I don't have $300,000. I'm short on the money and, and, you know, and it looks like I'm not going to be able to close. Well, you know, there's only so much I could say. I mean, I'm not coming up with the 300. I, you know, I didn't have that. 
And so, uh, you know, okay, all right, we'll, we'll check in later, right? So my mind went to God. You know, my mind starts thinking, all right, what do I do? How do I pray? How can I get this closing back on track? And I look to my left. I work from home and I look to my left and I, I believe this was four years ago. So my daughter would have been six. I look to my left and there's my daughter kind of playing on the staircase. And instantly I hear the Holy Spirit speak to me, grab your daughter and pray the prayer of faith in agreement over this situation. Now, we won't get into it today, but a prayer of agreement with another Christian is very, very powerful. Wheresoever two, on, two of you agree on earth as touching anything, it shall be done for them. That's what Jesus said. So the prayer of agreement is powerful. Now, look, my daughter, uh, you know, didn't know anything at that time about what I did for a living or, or the real estate law or anything like that. But she was happy to pray with me. So I said, her name's Eden. I said, all right, Eden, come on. We're going to pray real quick. Okay. So I pray. We agree. And this thing's done. So I believe that it's done because that's how faith works. So then, you know, it's not like my client called instantly. You know, sometimes you got to stand in faith for a little while. So then I took my dog. And I started walking around the block. Now, the reason I did that is because I needed to get away from the computer screen. I needed to get away from the phone. And I needed to solidify my faith, solidify my 100% convinced level belief that this thing was done. So I walked around the block with my dog, worshiping God, singing songs, and just, just casting my cares on the Lord and thanking God that this thing was done, that the money was already there. Well, sure enough, about three o'clock, my client called me and said, hey, you know, I, I managed to speak to one of my investors and he's going to come up with the additional 300000 Therefore, we closed the deal. I got paid. Everything was great. Praise the Lord. And you see, that's just another example of a time where I used biblical faith, where I prayed, I believed that I received. I didn't see it yet. And I had to stand in faith for a little while. But then a miracle was produced. I don't know everything about, you know, that investor or all the different things that may have gone on between my client and the investor. None of those things matter to me. In the same way, my story last time about the hotel rooms, my story about the UPS delivery of the rings, you know, none of the, the backstory is really that important to me. All I know is I prayed, I stood in faith and I got what I was believing for. And you see, this will work in every area of your life. I'm telling you, don't, don't go yet to material needs. Okay. Because, because really what I want to do, and, and I really tried to focus on this a little bit in my series on the kingdom of God is, is seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Let me mention another idea, you know, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, here is the, the essence of true Christianity. Allow me to be very bold, very direct. When you will focus on God and his kingdom and your, your salvation through Jesus Christ, when you will put these as the foundation and guiding light of your life, literally informing everything you do, 
Right? This is the secret to inner peace. This is the secret to harmony between your spirit, soul, and body. This is the secret to, to overcoming the, the lust of the world, the sinful desires, these things that would hold us back. This is also the secret to stepping into who you are, who God created you to be. This is the secret to learning your purpose, your destiny in life, all that God has for you. It's so wonderful. He's so wonderful. There aren't words that could even possibly describe how wonderful God is or how much he loves you. And what I want to convey to you is make your priorities right. Get your priorities in line from a biblical standpoint. Because, because you know, I, I don't know exactly how to say this, but I'll, I'll tell you how one woman of God says it. You can't Claim promises and violate principles. Here's my point. If, if you are only out there seeking your own, if you don't care about the kingdom of God, if you don't care about people, if you have no ambition of the things of God in your life, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that this is going to absolutely work for you. I, I, I don't know that I can explain it. But first of all, you know, you got to say if you have no ambition for God, no desire for God in your life, you have to question your salvation. And I, I only say that to help you. But if you don't feel the pull of God in your life towards the towards the things of God, towards the work, towards church, you know, either a you might not be really saved and hey, you know what? No big deal. Let's just go ahead, call me, call somebody, pray the sinner's prayer again, rededicate your life to God. Great. Or even if you are saved, but you don't feel that pull, it's just time to rededicate. You know, maybe you've grown cold, your faith has grown stale, what have you. Maybe you've had hard things in your life. You know what? Come back to God. Rededicate your life to God. Realign your life with the priorities of the kingdom of God. And let's get going again. Because, Because here's what I'm telling you. That God has the best for you. That God wants to take you to the top. That God has created you wonderfully and uniquely and he knows you and he loves you and he has, he has an amazing existence for you. You know, when, when Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you. That's talking about a tapestry. That's talking about this idea that God has woven together many strands of reality with you in mind. Job, house, uh, spouse, relationships, church, good works, who you are. It all fits together in, in, an, in an amazing, really incomprehensible uh, tapestry that God has woven together for you. And putting God, your relationship with God and the kingdom of God as the top priorities in your life helps bring you into the fullness of what that tapestry contains. And, and I'm telling you that, that if you will do that, that, that there are absolutely no limits on your life. And, and when you take that and then you add to it this understanding of faith, when you truly have your priorities right and you understand faith as Jesus taught faith, then you are empowered to change the world. And, 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 and I'm just telling you right now, I don't want to mince words. We're not here to waste time. Priorities right and you know faith, 
You are ready to change the world for the kingdom of God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stand against you. Everything is possible for you. All of God's will is immediately and completely and totally available for you. And it's time for you to dominate exactly how God intended for you to dominate. So that's why I think these teachings on the kingdom of God and setting our priorities for the kingdom and faith go hand in hand. You know, if you will take these teachings and I'm talking to myself right now, it's, you know, it can be a battle to, to stay focused, mentally focused when the world around us is screaming other things. All right. We'll leave it at that. But when you take these teachings, you, you can go to the top and all that God has for you becomes possible. So just to recap briefly from today, the story of the fig tree is Jesus's wonderful explanation of faith that, that we can be declaring things. We can command things even to the moving of mountains and see them come to pass if we're in faith, that we can pray for anything. And if we believe that it's done, if we, according to the Greek, if we have pistis or complete conviction that it is in fact done when we pray, it will show up. And that's exactly what Jesus teaches us to do in the parable of the fig tree. So look, we've, we've really gone very deep and, and, and repetitive, I admit, on that concept. But it's so radical to the way we think that we really need to grasp it. And so next time, we're going to really start diving into some of these, these fundamentals and these mechanics so that we can begin operating this way and seeing this faith, this, this persuasion conviction in our declarations and in our prayers begin seeing it work 100 percent of the time. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to work 100% of the time. Every single time Jesus used his faith, it produced. And exactly, it should be exactly that way for us. And it will be. Until next time, I love you. Thank you for your time. God bless you.